um, before we discuss the area of getting back to the basics of the Christian life, I thought maybe the best way that I could just start the time off is by way of giving a question to you all to answer. And it's not one that you have to raise your hand up for, but just listen to the question and maybe try to answer it in your own mind as I go through this question. And here's how it starts. Has anybody been battling lately with the area of anxiety, depression, anger, bitterness, jealousy, envy, frustration, irritabilityness, or however that word is, <laughs> resistance in submitting, or total perplexity, like sometimes we get where to the point of, oh, I'm so mixed up, I've made things so complex, what in the world is going on, or I just want to quit, Lord, <laughs> etc. If anybody can answer that question in your mind. Um, our negative attitudes like these, our outward attitudes, often show up clearly in our lives because we lose God's perspective on the Christian life. And because we don't have his perspective, we end up viewing our minor problems like these as more major and even situations making them seem so complex that we end up making mountains out of molehills and uh, just getting off on different tangents until we finally lose our focus on God's will for our lives. And what we need to do is to get back to the basics of our Christian walk just by remembering that God simply really just laid out some simple truths for us to follow. And if we just refocus our minds on these basic truths, um, then in simple faith just learn to apply them then we can become the best women that God ever intended for us to be just by applying our lives to these basic truths. And I'd like to share an example of a, a movie that Mark and I recently saw called The Hoosiers. Has anybody seen that? It's a really good movie about a basketball team, a high school basketball team in a real small farm town in Indiana. And they got a new coach that came into town to teach them and what ends up happening is at the end of the season, they finally work themselves up to the state championship and, and win, the, win the game, and it was a really, really fun movie to watch. But anyway, the, the one thing that this new coach told the team when he came there was, if you can do the basics, then you can play the game. That's all there was to it. And, uh, you know, some of these guys just wanted to be Mr. Tough Man and be up there just practicing it, making shots and just doing all this flowery stuff, which is fun to do, but he emphasized just keeping to the basics, which many times isn't, isn't really fun to do for him, but he drilled this in him. I don't know what he did, but just many different things. He just had him do over and over and over again, and, uh, you know, he said that that's what they need to be committed to is just these basics, and doing the basics is just learning to do the same things consistently, and a great athlete is willing to put up with the monotony of the basics. Then, once he does that, he's able to learn to refine them to an art. And maybe in time, he can even learn to add his own creativity to them. But learning to master the basics is what um, makes them become the best in their field. And that's what God wants us to do, is to become the best in our field, in our Christian life, is to become the best. And that just comes through mastering these basic truths. So today we're going to cover four of these basic truths. And the first and one that we'll start with is prayer. But I might add that um, 
Although we've covered these topics many times in, in various ways over the past year, uh, this is just, Mary and I thought that, you know, together today, just putting all these in a nutshell is just one more way of helping to refocus our minds to where God would want them to be. And so that's why we're going to cover these. And we'll start with prayer. And, and as you know, prayer is essential. And just recently, Mark was sharing in one of his teachings that just learning to develop um, the habit of just uh, bringing things before the Lord and, and causing our friendship with Him to grow because whoever we pour ourselves out the most with is who we'll be the closest to. And so that's really important for us to develop this habit of, of prayer and committing things to the Lord and, and uh, just even learning to dump things on it, no matter what it is. I kind of like that's what Mark said, just dump things on the Lord. And because it's much better than just laying all of our burdens on our husbands at times, especially uh, with all of our emotions welling up inside us. It's so easy to want to do that many times rather than just learning to take things to the Lord in thankful prayer and just committing it to Him because that's when His peace comes. That's when it comes to guard our hearts and to kind of keep our minds in focus that I need to get back to this. I'm not focusing my mind on just the Lord and, and once we do then this peace comes and that's a guard for our hearts and an example that I'd kind of like to share that I just faced lately um, was in the area of anxiety last Monday night my children had a soccer ball game and it was at 7 o'clock and I thought that it was at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night and I got a call about a quarter to 6 and it was Diane Johnson saying I just want to remind you that the game's at 6 tonight. I don't know if you knew that. And I thought, oh, it is. Well, <laughs> and I knew in the back of my mind, the kids just love to be at their games. So I couldn't just say, well, it's too late. We better skip it. So I hung up and I thought, kids, we've got to hurry. We'll just drop, get supper ready. Let's get everything together and hurry and get in the car. And so we got in the car. And, and I thought, you know, this would be really easy just to get so anxious and nervous that we're not going to make it there in time and this isn't what the lord wants and so i said children let's just pray right now we're not in that big of a hurry it's more important that we just commit this to the lord and ask him to help us not to be anxious about it because they were kind of starting to get a little anxious and jittery about getting there in time and, and so we just prayed on the way and by the time we got there we really were ready and relaxed and just ready to get in going and come to find out we got there before the game and even started anyway so it wouldn't have helped us to be anxious anyway so and God gave real grace just to get ready and get in time get there in time and so it was just uh, nice for us even um, even for me just to learn to take advantage of times like that that I can pass these simple basic truths on to my children and that was just an opportunity there to do that and the next one is um, is a real good one and it's just in the area of having our daily quiet time and connecting that with this meditating and and on God's promises and on his truths. I just put those together. And this is kind of Mary's thought here that I'm going to be sharing. It was really neat. She was saying that our destination is to be in the center of God's will and making our lives count for eternity. That's what our destination ought to be. Our vehicle to get to the destination is learning to walk in the spirit consistently. But our fuel that we need to get our vehicle to the destination comes from God's word. 
And the easiest things for us as wise is to neglect getting into God's Word because of all the different responsibilities that go on in the home and, and different things. I think it's one of the easiest things to go is just time to get in the Word, time to reflect on God's truths and promises. And that's the most important thing that we need, but it's the easiest thing that goes at times. And even, too, if our husbands may slack in this area at times, um, we still have our responsibility before the Lord to um, get our time with Him and to get encouraged. Even if maybe our husbands aren't, it's still our opportunity to um, get in His Word, and, and many times God will use that to help encourage our husbands. But if we're not getting the fuel, like I was saying, then our faith cannot grow, let alone getting our vehicle to the destination. <laughs> we need all of them, but it starts with our faith. And, and um, we won't have anything to offer this world if we don't have faith. But what a joy it would be uh, just to be able to grow in our faith and to really have something to share with others, to encourage one another with. And there's a really neat verse in Romans 1.11, that Mary shared with me, and I look at it out of the Phillips, and it says, I am longing to see you. I want to bring to you some spiritual gift to deepen your faith, and that will mean that I shall be encouraged by you, each of us cheered by the other's faith. It's a really good verse. We just need encouragement by one another's faith. One also thing that we need, too, is just to continually renew our minds by God's word. And um, because that's what brings lasting transformation in our lives, is just learning to renew our minds in the Word. And so I looked up the word renew, and, and I found a really neat definition, so I'll try to maybe read it out slowly because it's really good. It goes like this. To gain again as new, to make new spiritually, or to restore to existence. And then there's three synonyms that I want to share that are really good. And the first one is restore. And that implies a return to an original state after depletion or loss. I'll read that again. Restore implies a return to an original state after depletion or loss. The next synonym is refresh. This suggests a supplying of what restores lost zest, like that. Refresh suggests a supplying of what restores lost zest. And, you know, just getting refreshed in God's, God's Word will help refresh any lost zest that we have. And so I like that, just getting refreshment for you and our minds. That will happen. And then the last synonym is the word rejuvenate. And it suggests the restoring of youthful vigor, powers, and appearance. Rejuvenate suggests the restoring of youthful vigor, powers, and appearance. You know, even our countenance is transformed when we renew our mind in God's Word. Even our countenance. And we'll feel refreshed and, we'll, you know, we'll feel like we have new vigor, <laughs> new power. It was always there, but we just needed to get it again by going back to God's Word and gaining that refreshment and that rejuvenation again. So again, we see that even just by this definition, that getting back into the Word will always help us to refocus our thoughts on what God wants us to be doing. It's as simple as that. And 
um, another example maybe I'll share recently of how just meditating on God's Word gave me the, pr- the proper perspective that I needed to have. A few weeks ago I was just uh, battling with the area of just being envious. I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but just wanting or comparing myself to what someone else may have and I didn't have the same. And, and I just happened to read the next day in my quiet time some really neat verses um, in Jeremiah. And this one particularly encouraged me in, in uh, chapter 9, verse 23. And it says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness justice and righteousness on the earth for in these I delight declares the Lord and that was so encouraging to me because I thought why do I need to look at what someone else may have no matter what it is because all I need to worry about is that I know the Lord I understand him I understand his character what he's like and and his character is only one that just exercises loving kindness all the time continually towards us that's his character, and I just thought, my, that, you know, that ought to be my, my signal for me when I'm feeling envious or whatnot, is that, oh, the Lord knows what's best for me. He's um, continually exercising kindness towards me. Who cares what other people have? I've got the best, because I have the Lord, and I understand, and I know him. I know his ways. And so that was really encouraging for me, and just to refocus my mind back to God's Word, get me in the proper perspective. And it really helped. And the next two areas I'm just going to maybe touch on too here, and um, because they're definitely a part of the basics. And, and the third one is just in the area of giving thanks. And I know many of you were here a couple months ago when I shared on the area of endurance on the home front, being joyful and thankful. So I, I could go into this immensely, but I won't. But definitely, I just felt that this was a, another basics that we need to get our minds back to. And um, the one thing that we need to remember is not to ask the question why, even at times when things seem totally perplexing. Uh, just renewing God's past goodness towards us will help us to be thankful and to kind of keep our present situation in the right state of mind. So I just encourage you with that, this year of giving thanks at times when times seem perplexing just to refocus and remember God's goodness to you in the past and to know that's his character and so even if I don't understand why I need to be giving thanks I can because I know God's character and I'm just going to give thanks by faith and, and uh, I think when we do that we experience more of the Lord and his closeness to us his nearness to us just by giving thanks and then the last, but but um, not least, is in the area of just forgetting the past. And like Paul says, that the one thing I do is to forget the past and to press on to what lies ahead. And I just can't tell you the numerous times in my own life that doing this, just refocusing my mind back to um, remembering that God wants me to forget my past. Um, because, you know, staying on the straight and narrow path isn't easy. Um, the enemy gets us off on all the different tangents that I mentioned earlier. If it's not depression, it's frustration. If it's not anger, it's anxiety. It's one or the other. It's very difficult to 
stay on that straight and narrow path. And then one of the biggest frustrations is when we get off, then we're really down because we've, we've sinned. But yet God wants us to forget the past, like Paul says. It's the one thing I do, forget and keep pressing. And I, I um, and that's just a vital truth that we need to remember. And there's one verse that came to my mind. I didn't. I think it's in Isaiah 49, where the Lord says, "I even I am the one who wipes out your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin." And I really especially like that verse because. He says for his own sake, he chooses not to remember our sin. I think that our respect for the Lord, for his sake, we need to choose not to remember. We need to choose to forget. And when we're not choosing that, we're getting off the path, we're straying off the path. And, uh, you know, who knows what's ahead when we get to that point. And so just even having some kind of a verse to refocus our minds in the area, forgetting the past, even the present that we just sin is past and remembering that it's for the Lord's sake too that we forget for his glory and his honor that we forget the past. And just in closing, like I say, I didn't have a whole lot to share, but I thought it would be good to touch on these. I just wanted to say that these negative attitudes, when they start to creep up in any way, shape, or form, that we need to just see those as a red light signal and then be prepared to refocus our minds back to one or more or maybe all of those simple basic truths and then just in simple faith apply them. And so, you know, let's have an ex- maybe an example of uh, maybe something happened that really depressed you for the day. And, uh, just to remember that depressed this is a red light signal one of these basic truths i'm not getting back to lord help me (laughs) oh yes i just need to commit all this to you i'm really depressed about it i need to talk to you about it or i need to find some verse that will really help cheer my soul right now just doing that automatically will help us and so um, if we can learn just to master these basics then god's going to make us be the best in our field. And that's all there is to it, just mastering these basics. So, if Mary has any more thoughts too, let's close up on Yeah, now. I have a few. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy and I, when we got together, we had such a hard time uh, limiting ourselves to what the basics were. I had a list about 10, and when we got together, we came up with about 20 more. And, you know, it's just in our daily lives how we get everything blown up out of proportion and complex. We were doing that very same thing when we were trying to pull it down to the basics. But uh, I just wanted to I maybe just reaffirm a few things Kathy said. It's um, something Brent and I were talking about. And I just want to share this one little verse um, in the Living Bible in Colossians 3 in verse 15 it says let the peace of heart which comes from Christ be always present in your hearts and lives for this is your responsibility and privilege as members of his body and the thing that struck me is those two words responsibility and privilege 
And I think what I've been thinking a lot about is um, my responsibility as an individual Christian apart from my husband or my friends or the church. And um, when Brent and I were talking about what some of the basics are of the Christian life, I, what you know we decided was um, to walk in the Spirit. And then you've got that whole list of love and joy and peace, etc. And but the way we walk in the Spirit is by usually by getting in the Word and, and developing our faith. And oftentimes, as wives, we are so we're responders and we'll respond to what our husbands do. And if he gets in the Word, it motivates us to get in the Word. And if he's filled with the Spirit, we're filled with the Spirit. But if he doesn't get in the Word, well, I'm not getting in the Word either. And if he's out of it and crabby, well, I'm just going to be out of it and crabby back to him. And, and um, we become like they are. And um, if Brent and I have bad dynamics, sometimes... I'll just have those bad dynamics the rest of the day and just kind of march around the house in a huff. And, and I have to remember that even if Brent gets anxious about something over here, I still have my responsibility over here to walk in the Spirit and to walk by faith. And Brent just referred me to uh, 1 Corinthians 7 where it talks about if a believing wife is married to an unbelieving husband, how it tells her to stay married to him um, because through that commitment she'll help sanctify her children. And Brent was just saying the reason that happens is because she maintains her dynamic faith. She's able to have a dynamic influence on her children. And just last night, Carol and Roxy and I were talking about the power that uh, mothers have over their children. We're just, we're, uh, even though the fathers are the fathers, the mothers have, uh, you know, it's hard to put a percentage on it, but we have the, the major percentage of time in their lives. And because of that, it's so vital that we're walking in the spirit and that we're walking in faith and that we're walking in love and we're walking in joy, etc., with our children. And I guess it just challenges me that the Christian life is our responsibility and privilege. And so I, I just want to encourage us. Um, I just think getting in the Word is so important. It says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And if, like that Romans 1, uh, 10 and 11 verse that Kathy shared, that if faith is what encourages us, you know, as a husband and wife, what's going to encourage our husbands is our faith. So we need to just get in the Word so we can be an encouragement. What encourages our time with other wives is our faith. So we need to get in the Word. What is going to make us refreshing mothers to be around is us getting in the Word. And um, and I think that example Kathy shared was so good about with her kids going to the soccer game that 
that we need to be teaching our children the Christian life with our words and with our behavior, our actions. And, and uh, as they get older, there's so many things, character things and stories of faith we need to be teaching and that we need to be living. And, um, you know, it's just they're the little eyes that are going to be watching so closely. So, um, so I, just, I just wanted to emphasize that, just that it is our response. Even though this is talking about letting the peace of Christ be present in you, I just thought that lives of faith is our responsibility and privilege, too. And things that um, I thought about that were basics, you know, like, um, oh, one thing I thought that was so important is uh, remembering uh, what a spiritual battle we're in, especially with our husbands, that a lot of times we can be warring against each other instead of realizing that we're on the same team, we're on the same side, and Satan is all the time trying to divide us and get us at each other. And, um, and you know, but those, you know, there's lots of little things we could say are the basics, but really just that getting in the Word is so fundamental. And just out of personal testimony, I just want to emphasize how important meditating on the Word is. Because I've seen in my own life that my good days and my bad days reflect how richly I'm meditating on the Word. And usually when I'm having a bad day, and I'm, there's no joy, and that's to, that to me is a bad day when there's no joy and you're not happy and cheerful and everything gets on your nerves and you get anxious and you get crabby and um, it comes from a lack of meditating on the word and so you know I just really want to encourage us to try to get that quiet time in and don't leave that quiet time until you have a verse you're you're going to think about the rest of the day and um, you know how Mark has shared that uh Meditating on the Word is like chewing gum, and you just chew on it all day long. And oftentimes I've prayed in my quiet time, Lord, give me a piece of gum this morning, you know, in my quiet time, that I can chew on this today. But this is something that is going to change my life as I think about it. So I, those, I just wanted to reaffirm that. And um, the, I'll just want to close on one last verse. It was in Colossians 3, verse 14 in the Living Bible. It says, most of all, let love guide your life. And um, I think if, if that's what we choose, you know, all day long with our husbands, let love guide your life. With your children, let, let love guide your life. With the circumstances that come up, let love guide your life. That, um, I just agree with Kathy that when um, those red lights go off and we're angry or we're anxious or... Um, whatever, just keep coming back to those basics and go, do I, do I have my quiet time yet? Am I meditating on the Word? Am I being thankful? And, uh, you know, am I forgetting my past? So, so we just um, wanted to leave that. Like Kathy said, these we have gone over these and over these all year, you know, through our creative counterpart studies. We, we knew we didn't have anything new to share today, but we really thought it would be good to kind of share these particulars in a different way that we really think success will come if we if we do master these these majors so um, 
right now I just like to you know close this little